You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter, both at Locked On WBB and, of course, uh, over at High Post Hoops, at High Post Hoops, where you can follow the women's game 24-7. And there's no bigger news, I would say, in the world of women's basketball uh, than what happened this week, where the Chicago Sky have hired a uh, longtime assistant and uh, impressive basketball mind, James Wade, who's uh, been kind enough to share some of that wisdom with us uh, today. So, James, thank you for taking the time, and congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the words. <laughs> I'd love to start by how you got here, because it's a really interesting uh, sequence of events, I feel like. But when you look back at you know your playing career, your playing overseas, uh, you know, uh, coaching was uh, a, a bit of uh, a later uh, aspect of your career. When did you sort of see the WNBA as that pathway for you personally? Was it when you got to San Antonio, or was it prior to that? Uh, I guess it was prior to that. Um... I never really – I followed the league for a long time, and uh, my wife played in the league, and, you know, I was just uh, – I, I actually – in I think my wife's second year in the league, I, I served as a, um, a a practice player just to stay in shape hmm. between, you know, going overseas, and that was in Seattle. And so, you know, that was pretty fun, having to guard Sue Bird every day. And, um, you know, so – but I never really – you know, looked at it uh, as something, as an opportunity of, of you know, uh, going into coaching. Um, can can uh, I just ask, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm curious, just for, um, as someone who's married, I'm curious about this. What is it like for a marriage to um, have to, if in fact you did at any point, defend your wife? You know, what what is what is that experience like? Oh, no, that was actually the cool part. Uh, you know, um, it, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is because we, we had a, you know, we never played like one-on-one or none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I did help her, uh, like in workouts and stuff like that. I would pick her up full court. So I would always depend on her to help get her better, mm-hmm. you know. But there's no, so there, was, there's no trash like, talking or anything. There, there's nothing brought home to the dinner table no, about it. Not, a, not, a, not at that time. She was a rookie, you know, she was, she was a young player. I was just, you know, trying to help her stay in the league. Understood. <laughs> so Fair enough. I would, play, I, would play, I would play against her hard and, uh, you know, just give her tips on things she needed to do better. But other than that, you know, we we, we were all on the same team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trash talk my wife either. That's a smart move, I think. Well, yeah, because so, so, you, have, you have to go home. You have to go home. After, you know, <laughs> that's so. right. So go on. I'm sorry. So, And and um, I think it was a, a conversation I had with, with uh, Dan Hughes. I was um, – about to go overseas and so it was the last road trip of, of you know before I, I left to go overseas mm-hmm. and you know just to spend some more time with my wife I, I, I decided I never you know really traveled on the road or anything I spent a lot of time in the summer trying to stay in shape and mm-hmm. uh, I said okay I'm gonna go to Washington since it's on the east coast with you guys and and then uh, I would leave to go overseas from there and uh, Dan you know, he just came to me and he was like, I heard you were leaving to go back. He was like, why don't we, you know, go out to lunch uh, when, when we're in Washington and, and um, maybe we can talk about some things because we, you know, we, we've been knowing each other for a while, but we ne- we, we hadn't got, got the chance to really talk and sit down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, you know. And, and so um, 
we had a long conversation in a nice Italian restaurant, which was really cool. And um, he he just asked me, you know, what what would I do? What did I want to do after I finished playing? And I was like, you know, coaching, I guess. I I mean, you know, I spent this much time in basketball. I always saw myself as as going into coaching, but sure. you know, honestly, I I didn't think about any levels, any any anything like that. You know, I was. I hadn't thought about it much. I was like, maybe I'll be a high school coach. At you know, I, I would just be okay with teaching the game, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was my main you know thing. I, I wanted to be around the game and, and help people get better. And uh, Dan, uh, he, he he said maybe I can help with help you with that, but very casually. And I was like, well, cool, you know. And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, year and a half later goes by. Uh, that was you know my wife didn't play in the league after she she chose to go back with the national team. Right the French national team. And uh, Dan called me uh, during Christmas break, and he was like, uh, hey, um, I'm, I may have a, a a place open for you on the staff as an intern. Uh, I don't know if you'll be interested in that. And uh, I was like, <laughs> heck yeah, I'd be interested in that, you know. And, and this uh, is 2012, so, right? This is this is around that yeah, time? This is, yeah. this is, this, no, this is actually, yeah, this is like uh, the Christmas break of 2011 okay. going into 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and so uh, let's say, you know, so, yeah, it's around the new year because I, I was at home in, in the States at the time. And um, and so when when I got home and I, I talked to my wife, uh, we, we discussed it and we were, you know, we were really excited because I was still playing and um, it was close. It was close to the end and I knew it. And uh, I, I the time it was just perfect. And um my 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 wife, you know, I tell this story all the time. My wife's like, okay, this is what we got to do. She she's really good about planning things and laying out plans. She's like, okay, internships. This is you're gonna be like, as soon as water go on the floor, you got to run on the floor and wipe it up. You're gonna be washing tiles, but you got to do it. You know, you got to do it well. You got to rebound for everybody on the court. You know, and I'm like, like I'm gonna do it. You know, because I I saw it as a great opportunity to be around these these um sure. These these wonderful athletes, you know these these amazing athletes, and you know I, I was like, you know I, I've always benefited from being around um, uh, from being around these players, you know I, I've always benefited from it, you know from from knowing from a long time, and mm-hmm. I was like this is this gives this gives me an end to you know learning the league and and you know learning things, you know. And so um, I was like, I'm going to do everything, take out the trash, I'm going to wash the towels, <laughs> I'm going to do everything. And so, so when you know, as it, as it started to get closer to you know time to get there, uh, we kind of realized that it was going to be a little different than what we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was going to put me in charge of player development, you know, and that's something that's a that's a I guess that's a uh, position that you see a little bit more common now. Uh, where you have the coach on the back of the bench that that's the player development coach and mm-hmm. uh, can't really can't travel with the team into the playoffs and stuff like that. But I, I that's that was my job in 2012, and so I was in charge of the post and you know certain posts like Sophia Young and and uh, Danielle Adams who I would work with and and um, it, it was really he gave me so much uh, trust and opportunity that it was further from the truth that I would be doing uh you know those grinding things that some some coaches come in the league with I mean right. it was a lot of I was the, I was the first person in the gym and last person to leave yeah but I wasn't washing any towels that I thought or you know I was really working with the players and building a relationship with the players and 
you know, teach them, teaching them what I thought and doing a lot of listening and uh, doing a lot of film study and, and all those things. And, it, it, it's uh, Dan it gro grooming you for something bigger, in other words. I, I mean, again, right, you know, right. it's, there are all these stories, all these coaching stories come down to, it feel like, uh, a question of opportunity. And so right. it, it sounds like he was he was doing that. I guess I wonder when you were in close proximity to Dan as well, you know, and someone who's who's done it all in this league. Uh, and I can say that now because he's even won a championship in this league, which he was very excited about. Uh, I, I wonder what you saw and what, if anything, um, are sort of the key things that Dan does that you feel like you're going to take into the work you're doing in Chicago. He, he he was a very, he's a very personable uh person like very personable coach yeah and um when you and you know uh he's a good guy but it's not the fact that he's a good guy you know when he's telling you things or you know when he's uh putting pressure on you it's all coming from a good place mm -hmm. uh so and, and that's something that you know um they come in the players come in and they sacrifice every day um they work hard and they all want to win um and you know and, and that's the thing that he coaches. He, you know, he he tries to get you to a place where um, you know that he's trying to help you. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that's something that I've always, um, you know, wanted to to do. Like to I understand the feelings and the emotions of the game, um, and and um, it's it comes from a place where um, this is something that has been so important to you for so long, from even before the time that we knew you. And you know, uh, and and I I want you to trust me with that. So I'm going to guard that with with my life. You yeah. know, I'm going to guard that with my life. Um, that the fact that this is your love and your joy, um, and I just want to help you uh, be joyful playing the game that you love. Yeah, and, and and I think joy is a key component of it. I I I think that's absolutely true. I I, I am curious on the technical side of it as well. Obviously, you know, working directly with Sophia Young. There's been some conversation about what Gabby Williams can be in this league, what Diamond DeShields can be in this league. And I wonder whether you see overlap there, number one, and number two, whether uh, anything that uh, you were able to do with Sophia Young uh, impacts, translates into the way in which uh, you plan to work with these two young, uber-talented forwards that, uh, that you have on the roster. Uh, me and uh, Sophia and I used to work every day on just footwork um getting her shot off over bigger players mm -hmm. um getting the spots on the floor and feeling comfortable getting the spots on the floor and turning it into a post up out of rhythm you know um so we did a lot of those things and it was a very 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 good year i, I remember um we looked at a we looked at a lot of tape of, of uh, like kobe Bryant, his footwork and uh we were working on this move uh we were working on this move, and um, it was a move that Kobe would always do. And so we were doing it, and she was really good about uh, doing stuff and applying it to practice, like, right away. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was amazing, and I thought she was underrated in that aspect. Yeah. She, would, she, would actually, uh, she would actually do those things. So one time on the road, we were, we were, we were losing, and I was watching the game on, on, the, on, on uh, the computer, and uh, she, did a move that, she did a move, that move that we worked on, and we were down by like uh, six or something like that. Dan had got kicked out of the game, I think. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Sophia did the move, and she was so excited. She 
she looked at the bench like, yeah. She said something like, yeah, but we were down. <laughs> but she had been putting so much work into that move. Uh, like, and she called me right after the game. She's like, you see it? You see it? And, you know, so it was, that was, that was really a good moment and a bad moment, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it was funny. But we, we but had a good, a good player development moment. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. player development moment. But, right. but we, we, you know, we, uh, we had a good record at the time, so it didn't really hurt us in the standings. So, right. But it, it was pretty fun. Very nice. Well, well. so so you, you're in San Antonio for you know, a period of time, and then you move on, uh, obviously, to be able to also coach under uh, another person who's done it all in this game, and that's Cheryl Reeve. And I, I guess I wonder when you think about the contrast between Dan and Cheryl, and obviously they've worked together as well, and there's some overlap, but there's uh, some some differences. What struck you about Cheryl that differed from your experience with Dan over this last couple of years? I mean, the, the one thing that, okay, the one thing that I didn't, you know, get to 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 go into to that's very underrated is Dan's uh, smart, how he sees mm-hmm. the game, you know, mm-hmm. and how how he's and how he imparts that. So I really didn't get to, to go into that, and it's not to, you know, uh, diminuize that, that part because he's a very uh, smart person and he's, he's good in, in, in coaching spacing and coaching timing and coaching rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that, you know, he's taught me too. Um, as far as Cheryl is concerned, you know, um, I, I don't it's, – it's a lot of simil- – it's more similarities than it is differences. Uh, Cheryl's a really intense person that uh, everybody sees. She has a lot of uh, things that she won't negotiate, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and and both the sim- similarities uh, in both is that they attack uh, minute problems before they before they fester into something bigger mm-hmm. and something that you know other coaches might say is no big deal. And so Cheryl, she does that also in. in um, that teaches you uh, how how uh, how much of attention to detail she she pays, and um, that's you, something that I really appreciate about. Do her. you do you think that because um, everyone talks about this both internally and externally with the lynch that it is about the culture that's been fostered there, and obviously that's a phrase that's used right. in a lot of places, but unquestionably you can see it uh, in Minnesota and unquestionably contributed to their success. Do you think that is the single biggest reason why a culture is built or not built? Uh, I I think it has a lot to do with the coaches and it has a lot to do with the players that want to be coached. Mm -hmm. Great players want to be coached. And, you know, you'll hear me say that throughout every interview. Great players want to be coached. Mm -hmm. You want to be coached. You want to be great. You want to be great. You want to be coached, you know? And, um, uh, the the thing about Cheryl is she has such a um, how you say I, I want to put this in a word a, a big uh, like a not a shadow but she's it's just a a big presence yes. a big presence mm-hmm. um, and, and and she's she's very direct in how she coaches and she's very uh, specific in what she wants and her presence is just overwhelming and so players that you know, that can't take the heat, you'll, you'll see they sometimes, you know, will give in. But fortunately for, for the players that's in Minnesota, they've always always responded well to her counsel. And, um, you know, it says a lot to, to how, how, how well she coaches and, and how 
how big she is and 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 uh, putting culture together. Yeah, perfect perfect marriage really of the players that uh, were brought in and and what she's able to do with them. But let's talk about the roster actually that you have, and uh, certainly there's another aspect of this job, a really significant one, and that's the the general manager side of things. So. I want to get into some of the basics of the roster and then, um, you know, how you see it fitting and uh, the way in which you want to make it work. So the first thing is that you, you have a couple of, uh, of real significant free agents, obviously, uh, in Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot. Yes, indeed. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I wonder, I, I know obviously we're just, we're just starting out with it, but uh, with, you know, with the two of them, uh, I'm, it feels to me like the roster has been operating under a pair of tracks. So you've got, you know, in Steph Dolson, you've got someone uh, in her mid-20s. In uh, Gabby and in Diamond, you've got some players who are going to be entering their second year in the lead and still in their early to mid-20s. And so that's a group of people, when you think about sort of the, the arc of success of a particular team, that would be at one point. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, you know, Courtney and Allie have been in the league uh, for a longer period of time. Uh, you can obviously mix veterans and younger players, as we saw in Seattle uh, just this past year, and certainly in Washington as well, the other WNBA finalists. But I wonder whether you see Courtney and Allie as a definitive part of what you're planning for next year and beyond. Um, I wouldn't see why not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have, to me, it's not even... And it's no disrespect to the point guards in this league uh, because I appreciate all the point guards. Uh, Sue Bird, uh, Jasmine Thomas, you can go down the list. But I, I just feel like we have the best point guard in the league mm-hmm. that was in Chicago last year. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's, 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 it's coming from, a, from what I would say is the unbiased uh, position because I thought that when I was in uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, she's the best point guard in the league. Uh, if not, you know, I, I would make sure that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I would say that Allie is the best shooter in the league. Uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, you can look at the three-point competition and mm-hmm. uh, you can look at a lot of things. But um, I, I just think it's a lot of uh, importance on that backcourt. Um, you know, if, if, if we can have that backcourt back, it would be very, very, very special to mm-hmm. us, um, I think. Um, and, and, you know, uh, so. and so to, to mix them with a front court where, you know, Steph obviously has, uh, a, you know, a defensive track record as well. But when you had the sum of your parts, even, you know, Gabby is a terrific on-ball defender. Uh, Diamond can do it all. I mean, her chase down blocks were on highlight films all during last year as well. But the sum total of the defensive uh, efficiency overall in Chicago was uh, near the bottom of the league once again last year. And and you've obviously now coached directly under uh, a couple of elite defensive coaches in Dan and Cheryl. And right. So how do you go about doing that? And so I did, I'm asking you one coaching and one GM question. It's a sort of a combination. So how do you go about instilling defensive presence in the roster you have, number one, and number two, how do you, as a general manager, find a way to make this roster uh, more conducive to uh, a better defensive performance? So, so when you when you look at um, when you look at, so I, I think for me it, it just all 
worked out pretty organically. And mm-hmm. I, I, and you know how, I don't know what people believe, but it's, it's I have such this, this Jones in my bones inside that, um, it was meant for me to, to work on the band. It was meant for me to work on the Cheryl mm-hmm. and it was meant for me to have this roster. When you look at the roster that we have now, uh, you'll see a lot of similarities in the roster that Minnesota had pre-seal um, mm-hmm. with J- Janelle McCarville as, you know, a post playmaker sure. uh, like Stephanie Dolson. When you see this outstanding athlete um, uh, like Maya Moore, and when you see a, a, a player that goes really hard, uh, that gets in passing lanes, um, and that can playmake uh, like uh, Gabby Williams and Rebecca Bronson, and when you see the backcourt like Lindsey Whalen and uh, Simone Augustus, it's not exactly the same, mm-hmm. but you see similarities. No question. You see similarities. And, and, and so um, I, I, I got to see how Cheryl and got to be a part of and, how, and, and got to be a part of her mind of how she got that roster to go, um, how she got that roster to buy in, how she got that roster to play. Uh, at the same time, uh, building up uh, young players and working with veterans. So I got a chance to see all that. And so you, you, you kind of apply that to, to what you think real life is. And um, so, you know, I see a lot of similarities. I see some differences. Uh, but I, I think that um, for me, I think it was the right timing. And um, this roster is very conducive to what I've seen and what I've been a part of. So as I'm hearing you, it sounds like as we move into the offseason that it's not necessarily that you have any sort of big goals for a roster overhaul, that this seems like a roster that you more or less uh, want to uh, go to play with uh, come next year. Would you say that's accurate, that you you expect it to be uh, a quiet offseason, or are there goals for ways in which you're looking to add to what you have? I mean, you, you, I mean, that's that's this is where all the fun parts start. So this is where you study those things, and this is where you where you look at things. I'm very happy with our roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a playoff roster, uh, but my goal is, you know, I, I do have an ultimate goal, and you 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 don't want to uh, limit yourself in any way. So yeah. you know, you you I'm still in the in the I'm still in in study mode. Uh, one thing that that um, is going to help that is is when I have my staff. Uh, complete when mm-hmm. we have our staff complete i don't i don't think um you can go any further than you know having your staff it's it's really important to have your staff because it's not i'm going to make the final decision but it's not going to be uh me making you know the only decision like i i, I need basketball minds to to help me uh, along the way so that's that's um i don't think i can say i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to do this when uh, I don't even have a staff yet. Fair enough, fair enough. And, and so what, what's your timeline like for that? And how much of the legwork are you there for doing yourself? Obviously, you guys have the fourth overall pick uh, coming in uh, this draft. So I'm just curious how, how much of your time you're able to delineate right now to be uh, watching you know, what's going to be a really interesting crop of players uh, that you get to choose from uh, next spring. Well, I, I have... I have uh, I have I have video that I've watched, games that I've watched, uh, that I'm I'm consistently watching and constantly watching, and um, the the coaches that I've I've interviewed, uh, we've talked about scouting, we've talked about player personnel in college, mm-hmm. so I'm getting input from them right now, um, 
so it's it, and that's really cool to see where their minds at and they're you know they're they're letting me know about things consistently and and so um it, it's it's actually a process that we're we're going through right now so um i'm i'm very aware that the number four pick uh could be someone that can really um that that could really help us uh, do you, uh, achieve do you our goals. are you a draft from need person are you a best available player person or are you somewhere in between so I'm, I think I'm, I guess I'm somewhere in between, but this is what, you know, you, you got to understand that um, one through four is a different, is a different beast. And it always has been every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at nine and 10 and 11, you can get those, you can get some special players, but one through four, you, you're probably more looking for someone that can help you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if, if a draft doesn't produce that need that you may have, and a one through four talent, um, I think the best thing to do is get the best player available. Interesting. Uh, because, uh, you, you know, you can have a player, you say, okay, they need this. and But, you know, you, you may not have that until a, a player that's 11 or 12, and they might need a couple, two or three years of, uh, you know, seasoning before you get it. I don't think we're in a situation where we can wait on a player or develop a player and um, – and, and, you know, and wait on them for two or three years. We, we need to get players in and players that can, you know, help us right away. You, you also may not have a spot in the starting lineup, though. I, I mean, if, if Allie and Courtney are back, then it's hard right. to see where someone as a rookie could come in and supplant really any of those, uh, whether it's them or it's, you know, Gabby Diamond and Steph in the front court. Is that how you see it also? I mean, starting is so overrated. Fair know? enough. It's really overrated. <laughs> well, really overrated. let's say the bulk of probably, minutes, I, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 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 we we've seen how basketball has, um, you know, how how the way that basketball has gone mm-hmm. uh, the last few years, where uh, the just because you're starting, it doesn't mean that you're getting the bulk of the minutes. Right. You know, uh, some of the, some of the best players have you know uh, come in a situation where they didn't start, but they finished. Uh, Allie in particular, she she was in that situation a few times, and you know, um, I, I mean, I don't. When I when I coach a team, I, my my hope and dream is to to coach all twelve players mm-hmm. and for all twelve players to feel involved. I know, and I don't mean that in a way where you know you you're the eleventh player and you're playing five or or eight minutes uh, or something like that. Um, I, I mean in a way where you're 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 the eleventh player. And we're coaching you to be ready if anything happens. Right. You you leave practice feeling fulfilled, you know, and and so that's that's my whole goal. And you're ready if anything happens. You're ready if we have foul trouble. You're ready. And um, the the I think one through four, you would like that player to be a, a top eight rotation player. Mm-hmm. But but think about it. We're a team that didn't make the playoffs right. last year, you know. So you know you want practice to be competitive. I, you don't go in. You don't go in and say, you know, you don't get a top four player and say, hey, look, you you come in, you come off the bench, um, you know, because we have these players. No, you you want you want it to be competitive. You want them to come in and say, look, I want to I want to push for a starting spot. And um, and as a coach, you have to be open mind. You know, I'm not I'm not big on reputation. I, I want I want players to prove their worth uh, hmm. every night. You know, and yeah. um, but at the same time. 
when you have those star players, you appreciate them and, and, and you give them that responsibility. Well, it would be fascinating to see. It, it, it's a roster, like you said, it, it wasn't a playoff roster, but there's obviously so much talent that you are inheriting. And so the way in which you put it together is really fascinating to me. I, I, but, you know, before I, I let you go, I just am curious because you, you talked about it at your introductory press conference about how this is not a rebuild. And so the playoffs, of course, are a difficult lift in this league when you look at just just the returning playoff teams from last year and the fact that the ninth team the team that didn't make the playoffs that was the best in the league uh, among the non-playoff teams last year was Vegas very very good came on strong at the end and they're about to add the number one overall uh, pick to that roster coming into next year so to your mind is making the playoffs simply the step that must happen, uh, even as difficult as it is to do here in the W. Yeah, we have to. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing. Um, they're going to work hard. Uh, they're going to work hard every day. I I want them to see that success uh, right away. You yeah. know, like uh, I want them to, and I want them to own it, and I'm going to own it. Like that's what we want, and uh, we want to see the success right away. Um, uh, I want our players to, you know, at the end of the day, feel proud to uh, be considered winners because they are. You know, every player in the league is a winner because they won their spot, mm-hmm. you know. But as a team, as a team, it's a different thing. And it's and it's, and it's tough. It's tough. Um, so we're going to celebrate small victories along the way. And when we um, get to uh, that, that goal of, of, of making the playoffs, then it's it's a restart. And we just go from there. But uh, that's going to be my my mindset going in from day one is we have to play with a sense of urgency from day one to get better. And we have to do it together and we have to have fun doing it. Well, listen to all our listeners out there. James has laid down the marker. And I would just point out to you, year one, he was in San Antonio. They won 21 games, went to the semifinals. Uh, in year one in Minnesota, they won uh, a WNBA title. So he knows from where he speaks, and it's going to be a really interesting league, as always, and even more so uh, with James at the helm in Chicago. So, James Wade, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And reminder to our listeners as well, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook over at High Post Hoops, Locked on WBB for uh, just the podcast alone. I'm Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful day.